Welcome to another Cooking Around the World with Chef Marshall. I'm your host, Chef Marshall Huffman, and I am also the program director here at Parkland College for our hospitality, hotel, and restaurant program, where we train students in not only management, but also in the culinary arts and how to prepare food. Today, we're going to be looking at something that's totally different and probably something you haven't had a lot of. Uh, we're going to be doing some Caribbean cooking, or Caribbean cooking, however you want to say that. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of recipes that I managed to swindle uh, out of a restaurant while I was uh, scuba diving in the Cayman Islands, one of my favorite places to, to scuba dive. And uh, they were nice enough, really, to let me steal their, their recipes, and I thought I'd share them with you because they are unique and they are easy to make. And if you remember back in the very beginning, we said that everything that we do has to be easy to make. You have to be able to find the ingredients locally, and there has to be very little cleanup and ideally your family will enjoy it. And I think that this meets all that criteria. It is also exotic enough that if you have guests, they're going to be really, really blown away when you bring out something like this. They're going to say, how in the world could you do something this good? So we're going to look at a couple of things. Well, the first one we're going to do is a chutney, mango chutney chicken. And we're going to do it in two steps. We're going to make a chutney, but we're also going to make a salsa. And a lot of people have trouble with that. Well, what's the difference between salsa and between chutney? Well, there isn't a lot, honestly. And if you listen to one chef, he's going to give you a whole bunch of rules. And you listen to another chef, he's going to give you a whole bunch of rules. But what I have found that it boils down to is that typically chutneys have more fruit in them than salsa. They have more vegetables in them. That salsas are typically a little spicier, a little hotter. What we call heat or mouthfeel of, of hotness, uh, degrees of hotness. And chutneys are a little bit sweeter and they're not quite, they don't permeate your mouth in the same way. The other thing that I've noticed that it's almost all chutneys call to be cooked. Yes, you can cook some salsas, but most of them are, are not cooked. So we're going to make both because one makes a great dip, the mango salsa. It is just mouth-watering good. And then if we take those basic same ingredients and turn it into a chutney, it will make a totally different flavor profile, and yet when you add it to chicken, it is absolutely delightful. So we're going to start off with that one today. That's going to be our first meal. Uh, we're going to start off by that, uh, making our chutney first. So to make chutney, it's not very difficult. All you need is a bowl. And what we've got here is the ingredients. I went ahead to save time, obviously. We're in a, a short time period. I went ahead and, and diced up some of the ingredients. But one of the things we're going to need are some red peppers. Now, when you're doing the red peppers, you want to make sure that uh, you use all of it because uh, red peppers right now are going somewhere around $1.97, $1.98 a pound. Um, the next thing that we're going to add in there is some yellow pepper. Now, the flavor profile is slightly different on each of these peppers. One of them is a slightly sweeter than the other. And so I've got some of that in there as well. I'm also going to add just a little bit of green pepper in here. So I've got three kinds of peppers in there. And one of the best places to buy this is out of Sam's. You can get a three pack for relatively minor amount of money. So I've got my three peppers, and it adds also some color to it besides a little bit of variation in flavor. So I've just got those mixed up in there. I'm going to add in a little chili peppers. Now, since we're making a salsa, I'm going to add in a little bit more than I maybe normally would. And all these are are some green chili peppers that I've diced up, and I'm adding that in there. 
You don't want to overdo this because, again, we're going to do it for two things. One is the salsa, the other is the chutney. I've got that mixed up in there now. And I'm going to add in just a little of onion. Now, I just use the typical onions that you can get in the store. These little onions right here work great. I like to dice them up fairly small. And if you have people that don't like onion, you can leave this out completely. It won't change the flavor profile that much. And I've got that all mixed up now. The next ingredient we're going to add is like a lot of salsas, most salsas that sometimes want cilantro. So we're going to add a little bit of cilantro in here. And what I've done is I've just taken the leaf off the stem of the cilantro. And I'm going to just bite that up a little bit. Now when you're doing this, when you're doing this, you want to make sure that you don't dice it to such a small dice that it leaves no flavor at all. So you want to have fairly large pieces, but you don't want to get them so big that they stick in your teeth. So I've got this going here, and I'm just going to dice that up a little bit. And something that looks about like that will be fine. If I go much farther than that, it's going to start to, you're going to have to have a lot more of it to give any kind of flavor at all. So, and there's nothing like fresh cilantro. Throw a little fresh cilantro in there. All right. And we'll mix that up as well. Boy, it's already starting to look good. Well, it's awful dry. We've got to do something else with it. One of the ingredients in a mango chutney is obviously going to be mango. Now, if you've never diced or cut a mango open before, they can be kind of tricky. Mangoes typically come looking like this here. And you can either use your knife and peel it. Just simply start peeling it and peel it really thin around the outside edge, or can I use a vegetable peeler on it? Well, heavens no, it's a vegetable peeler, and this is a fruit. No, yes, you can. You can use it on there, and you just start peeling this off, and basically all you want to do is get that outer skin off there. So you can use either one, whatever you're most comfortable with. And what I did was after I got this peeled, and you can see there was kind of an overripe area that won't hurt a thing. That's just going to add a little flavor to it. I try to find them fairly soft. The harder they are, usually the less uh, flavorful they are. They're kind of like any other fruit. If it's really, really solid, it's not going to have as much flavor. Well, what I'm going to do here is show you how what happens from there. Rather than peeling the whole thing for time, I'm going to show you how this works. When you cut down into this, you're going to feel at first some resistance. It's real soft at the beginning, and then there's resistance. That's like an apple core in there. And you don't want that core to be part of your mango. So you have to cut these on a slight angle. And you'll see it start to just show up. It's a little white line. I don't know if you can catch that on the camera or not, but I'll get more here in just a minute. And what you do is you just slice around the edge. Well, once I've sliced off a couple of areas, I put that part down so it's flat. And this makes peeling a lot easier from that point on. I'm not trying to hold it and peel it at the same time. Alright, once that's done, you just cut it on angles. Don't try to cut straight down through it. If you try to cut down through it, you're going to find out your knife simply will not go through there. It is not possible. That thing is really, really hard. It's much tougher than an apple core. So you have to cut everything on a kind of slight angle. You don't get a lot of meat off of this, off of mango, so you usually end up having to use two or three of them. And so I just keep going around the edge of it until I feel that resistance, and what I'm going to do is try to cut into this enough to where you can see what I'm talking about. 
and hopefully you can see that in there, it's a white core. You don't want that as part of what you're going to use in your, your um, chutney. Okay. Let me get this stuff out of our way. And then all you have to do from there is just simply dice it up. If you've got a little skin on there, it's not going to make any difference whatsoever. Add a little color. All right. And you don't have to dice it to death, but you do want to make it nice and a regular dice of somewhere around an eighth of an inch in size. And you can just take the knife, pull it all over, and just keep going. All right. So there's a nice dice for my chutney, and this is my mango that I'm going to add next to it. Okay, something about like that. All right. And that's what I've got here, a bunch of mango. Well, I'm going to add the mango now into our peppers and red peppers, green peppers, yellow peppers, and our uh, chili peppers. I'm going to add all that together. And you can see the color of that's already starting to look pretty good. We've got our cilantro in there to add from some flavor, but it's still pretty dry. Well, we need something else in here to give it some moisture, and what we're going to use is honey. We'll just add a little honey in here. How much? Oh, I don't know, half a cup, roughly, which is four ounces. Four ounces of honey in there, and then you just move it around a little bit. And you want this to be moist, but you don't want it to be dripping. And what I'm going to do is kind of squeeze it all together. So that it looks something like this when we're done with it. Now, since I'm going to use part of this as a salsa and the other part as a chutney, what I'm going to do is take part of this out right now and put it in a pan. So I've got this, and I'm going to take just some of this out for my chutney. This is my salsa, and this is going to become my chutney. Remember I said at the very beginning that most chutneys are cooked, and that's what we're going to do with this one. This salsa, which is take and put it in the refrigerator, let that set overnight, or four or five hours, and take it out, and it is going to be absolutely delicious. And you just eat it on chips like you would anything else, like any other salsa, salsa and chips. The saltiness of the chips, along with the sweetness and the tanginess of this mango salsa, is absolutely wonderful. So, I've got this in here. Well, since this is going to be a chutney, I said that they're a little bit sweeter. What I'm going to do with this chutney is I'm going to add a little brown sugar and water. So all I did was take some brown sugar, put it in a bowl, add in a little bit of water, melt the two together, and I'm going to put a little bit of this in here. About two ounces will be fine. And I'll stir that all up. Now, I'm going to put this on our stove, and it helps if you use a fairly heavy bottom pan. And I'm going to put this on our stove over here, and we're just going to let that heat up a little bit. We're going to keep it on a very low heat. The last thing we want to do is burn this. You remember, there's honey and brown sugar in there, which will both burn fairly easy. So we're going to make sure that we don't burn this. Now, I want all this to come together at about the same time. 
Mom's hurried. I got to get this meal out. The kids are dying. Uh, they're starving. Let's get it going. Okay. The chicken is pretty simple. All we're going to do is saute the chicken. Easy to do. Saute, by the way, means to cook quickly in a small amount of oil. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to add in a little bit of oil. And we're going to heat that up. And while that's heating up, we're going to go ahead and slice our chicken in half. And what I do is, to make the sautéing go much quicker, is I'll take and put the chicken down, and I will slice it just easily with my hand. Now, the one thing you want to make sure that you do is that you keep your fingers up. And if, if you keep your hands wrapped around it like this, you're going to end up with a cut finger. So pull that little finger up and just barely slice down the center of it until you get to just about the end. Pull your knife out, and it's like butterflies. You want to still stick together here. This is going to make, this will cook much faster this way, and it will make a great presentation when it's on the plate. So I've got this warming up over here, and as soon as my oil gets to be about roughly, 325 degrees or so. Well, how do I know that? By looking at it. When, the degree, when it just starts to smoke, or just as it starts to see little lines in it, and you can just, you probably can't see that on camera, but there's some little lines starting showing there. That means it's right at 325, 350 degrees, which is the perfect temperature to fry something up with a saute it. So I'm going to go ahead and put this in here. And it doesn't matter which direction you put it in. And get that in there. And so all I'm going to do is quickly heat this up. While that's cooking on that side, I check my salsa. Sorry, sorry, check my chutney, because this is now chutney, or will be very soon. And I keep mixing it a little bit, making sure that it doesn't burn. And I've got it again on very low heat. Low is real good. On this one over here, you can have medium heat. That's pretty good there. And all I'm going to do is just cook this. Now, I can show you a couple of different ways of doing this, but probably the simplest way is just for you to turn it over so that it's back butterflied again. Flares up a little bit. Don't worry about it. It's a kitchen. Nothing's going to happen. So we're going to let that cook down a little bit. This is doing what we're calling rendering. Rendering means to cook down. So what we're doing is we're letting this, that uh, brown sugar and water and that molasses sort of boil to a point where it starts to thicken back up. And that's the rendering part of it. It also brings the flavors together. Okay, that's looking pretty good. Our chicken. We'll cook that over here a little bit. And what you want to do is make sure it's obviously well, well cooked, but if I had to put that whole piece on there without splitting it in half, we'd be here 15 minutes. And again, we want to cook this stuff fairly quick. Now, I'm just doing one piece, but I could have used, this one has no grease in it, so I won't burn myself on this show. <laughs> I did that last show. 
This hat, using a large pan like this here, you can do four of them at one time. So this doesn't have to be for one person and you have to keep doing it. You can make it in a big batch like that too. Alright. And typically when we're doing this at a restaurant, we do do them in very large batches. Alright. Now, this is rendering down to the point where it's starting to get thick. I want to let it thicken up just a little bit more. And what we're going to do with this then is we're going to take it and let it finish cooking off with our chicken. And that's going to impart some of the flavor of the chutney, but it's also going to make a great sauce. And this is a beautiful presentation. Not only does it look good, it tastes wonderful. Almost there. Oh, that's looking good. Oh, mango, when it's being rendered or cooked down like this here, gives off a wonderful smell. And you combine that with that um, cilantro that's in there. Oh, it's heavenly. All right. Our chicken is just about ready here. And what I'm going to do now is add in my chutney. And by the way, you can make this chutney ahead of time. You don't have to make it fresh and put it on here right now. You could have made this up a day before or two days before. Or you could have taken what was left over from your salsa and turned that into chutney. Add a little more brown sugar to it and turn it into the, into the chutney. And all we're going to do is put this on here. And let those flavors come together. You can smell that cooking away. I usually turn my heat down real low at this point. And just let all those flavors come together. When this is done, all you have to do is take a plate. Put your chicken on the plate, just like that. Take your salsa or your chutney and put it over the top of it, like that, oh man, and just garnish it a little bit. I like to use cilantro as one of my garnishes for this, and you just put that on there and it looks something like that when we're all done. You can make these, again, in a batch, or you can do them individually. These are absolutely scrumptious. I'm, I may have to have that a little bit later, Mike. I don't know. Okay. So that's one of the dishes we wanted to make today. Another one that I'd like to tell you about is uh, another Caribbean dish. And uh, it came from the same restaurant, really, a place called the Almond Tree uh, in the Cayman Islands. And um, this one involves uh, using uh, Friolis Niegro. And uh, the Friolis Niegro... Uh, is really all it is is black beans. And we're going to start off with this one just a little bit differently. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to put in, we're going to start with our chicken on this one. So I've got some oil in there. And I'm going to put that on about a medium heat. And when that gets hot enough, I'm going to take my chicken, and we're going to do the same thing. I've already done it on this piece here, but I've made it so that it's basically filleted still connected together. And we're going to saute this one again. 
We're going to use different ingredients this time. And it's going to have a totally different flavor profile, but it's also one that's really delicious as well. I've had this many times down there. This one, we put our chicken in there. And this time, we're going to add in... You notice in the last one, I didn't use any salt, which is really rare for me. I almost always use salt someplace. A little salt. And a little fresh ground pepper. And we're going to let that just saute for a few minutes. The next thing that we're going to add in there... The next thing that we're going to add in there is we're going to add in some diced tomatoes, which I have already diced up over here. Get this out of the way. We're going to add in some diced tomatoes, a little bit of our onion that we still have left, a little bit of our uh, chili peppers that we have diced up, and a little bit of the green peppers. So those are going to be the basic ingredients that goes in that. Along with that, we're going to add the Friolis Negro, which basically means black beans. And this is all going to cook together at the same time as this product. The only other thing that I don't have over there that we're going to add is a little white wine. I think I addressed this once before, but people ask me all the time, well, what kind of wine should I cook with? Typically, I try to pick some sort of a dry wine, some wine that doesn't look like, doesn't have a real sweet flavor to it. Uh, Pinot Grigio works great. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc uh, works wonderful. Those kind of wines, but you want to stay away mostly from the Chardonnays and, and most of the German wines because they're way too sweet for this type of cooking. All right, this is uh, going. that cooking away in there. And all we're going to do again is saute this. And once it gets to the point where it's cooked, uh, pretty much fully, we're going to go ahead and add in our other ingredients. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to start off by adding in our tomato. So I'm going to give that another minute or so before I do this. Nothing like raw chicken. Ooh. One of the things that you want to make sure of when your chicken is cooking and how can you tell without overcooking it? Because Americans have a tendency to overcook all our food. It's just what we do. Well, one of the things that you can tell when chickens cook without becoming dry is if you press down on it and any juices that run out of there are clear, it's done. You don't need to keep cooking it. That clear juice is an indicator that your chicken is done. If it's red still, then obviously it's not done and you're going to have to cook it a little bit longer. All right. That's in there. We're going to go ahead and add in our tomatoes. And let those cook right in there with it. So we got the tomatoes in there. We're going to add in some of our chili peppers. How spicy you want it to be depends on how many you add. A little bit of our green pepper. A little onion. And we're going to let all that cook together. And you notice I'm kind of keeping them side by side for right now. We're going to change that in a minute. But right now I want these to all cook. You can actually do this in a separate pan if you want to and cook all your chicken in one pan and then just add the two ingredients together. 
when we're making large batches, that's what we do. We make one big pan full of this, and then we add in the chicken, or we add this into the chicken on the tray. So that's going there. Now, we're going to add in a little chicken broth. Not a lot, maybe three, four ounces. That's plenty. That's probably a little more than I need. And that's going to cook in with our tomatoes and our other spices and our other peppers. So that's cooking in there. And we're going to let that kind of render down again. It's one of those things where you have to add it, let it just kind of cook down. The other thing that we're going to add is a little white wine. And this happens to be a Pinot Grigio. You don't need a lot. Two ounces is plenty. It's just to give it a little flavor. And if you'll shake this a little bit, it will allow the aromas to come off of that, and it will burn off most of the alcohol. So all you're going to be left with is a little of flavor. Nobody's going to ever get drunk from cooking with wine. You have to work on that. Before you start cooking. All right. That's cooking down. And while that's cooking down, we are going to add in our Criollis Niegro. And I just pour them right in there. And we let all that just come to a simmer. And all those flavors just cook together. You can, if your time, your guests are wanting to eat, you're not quite got it done the way you want it to be. Turn it up on high heat. Won't take any time at all. That will start thin out or start to finish off. Just make sure you're kind of watching it. Can I use some other kind of beans in this? Hmm. Crioli Diego. No. I'm thinking probably ought to use the beans, the right beans for it. Okay. And remember, again, this is a Caribbean dish, so you want it to be fairly authentic. Using pork and beans just somehow doesn't seem to work for me. Okay. And on that one, all we got to do is virtually the same thing. I'm going to take this off the flame, add our chicken to the plate, take our ingredients, Oh, sorry. I made a mess here. I'll apologize. And spoon this over the top of it. So I love something like that. Now, obviously, you don't want to send this out like that, so you would wipe down the edges of your plate. It's no big deal. That sauce that's in there... It's delicious, so don't try to drain this down to where there's no sauce, because when you cut that chicken, you're going to find people sticking their pork, or sticking their chicken in there the whole time, trying to get that extra sauce off there. And it comes out looking something like that there. Again, you can garnish it. Uh, all I have today is cilantro, but you can put parsley. You can put almost anything on there. But you can garnish that thing, send it out the door, and boy, I tell you, that's also good eating. So those are two Caribbean dishes that you can try at home. Both of them take only a few minutes, and uh, I guarantee you, if you'll just eat that, they're going to love it. So, that's it for this show here. Uh, I did, uh, we're, next week we're going to do a show on um, Greek cooking. Uh, a lady 
wrote in and asked about feta cheese and asked if we'd do something with feta cheese. And so uh, we're going to devote the whole next show to Greek cooking. And uh, we'll be doing a lot of uh, recipes with uh, feta cheese. So if you'll tune in next time, you'll see some Greek cooking. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I received a letter this week uh, from a Janet uh, in Urbana, and she wrote and said, Chef Marshall, I love feta cheese. It often, I often put it on my salads to give them some zinc. Can you share some recipes with us that include feta cheese in I would greatly appreciate it. Well, Janet, for you, we're going to devote our whole next show to feta cheese. We're going to do Greek cooking, and we're going to do a stuffed chicken with feta cheese that is world class. So our whole next show, because you wrote in, is going to be devoted to you. Thank you so much for your letter, and we'll see you at the end.